Welcome to the Friends of Zane Adams, aka FAZA Podcast, bringing awareness of postpartum depression, suicides, and the children who are left behind. We'll be spotlighting positive outcomes from mothers as well as healthcare experts and counselors. Would you know the signs of PPD? Would you know how to help a loved one? Stay tuned. As a community, we can do more to support maternal mental wellness. Welcome, Pfizer fans, and thank you for joining in on a new Pfizer podcast. This is episode 22, and it's July, Christina's birthday month. So you're going to see special tributes to her on our social media pages and our website, and we hope that you will share in bringing awareness to the prevention of maternal suicide. Before beginning, I need to say a few words about triggers. This is a safe place. However, we may discuss topics that can be sensitive and may act as a trigger for some members of our audience. The content we discuss serves to provide information, education, and advocacy only. If you are experiencing an emergency, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's 988. And if you're not experiencing an emergency, you're seeking consultation, then please check with your doctor or professional caregivers. And if you feel that your voice is still not being heard, please don't give up seeking help. Visit us online at fazainc.org and we'll try to assist you in finding resources in your local area and you're never required to provide us with any private or sensitive information. Now, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about how child care funding contributes to depression. Not trying to be dark about it, just going to talk about some of the facts. Many of them, you know, we just want to put things together so that there are some actions we can take to make things better. I hope this podcast will be heard by many, and indeed, I hope that action will be taken by many. Most of all, I want to thank you for engaging in the battle to stop the stigma, the silence, the suicides, and the suffering that often accompanies maternal mental health issues. So let's get started by saying yes. The lack of child care funding can contribute to depression for several reasons, and we did some research using tools like public websites, chat, GPT, and feedback from our audience to bring to this podcast a few of the ways in which lack of child care funding can impact individuals. Now, we don't think that any of these points may be totally unknown or new to you. As I said before, we just believe in putting them together and presenting them to you in a way that you can easily share and a way that will allow all of us to amplify awareness. So number one, increased stress. The lack of access to affordable and reliable child care can create significant stress for parents and caregivers and entire families. Balancing work responsibility with child care needs can be overwhelming. It can lead to chronic stress, anxiety, and ultimately contributing to depressive symptoms. Sometimes it's more critical than just balancing work. The lack of child care funds can stop a mom from even finding work in the first place. That can affect the entire community and economy. 
Quality child care is an intricate piece of the puzzle when trying to solve issues around safe, affordable care. When funds are available to provide opportunities, a burden can be lifted and a family can find light to grow in successful conditions. Number two, isolation and limited social support. Now, without the access to child care, parents may be forced to limit their social activities. They may reduce their interactions with friends and family or may miss out on family or community events. On the surface, this may seem insignificant and not as important as it really is, but isolation can lead to feelings of loneliness, decreased social support, and a higher risk of developing depression because we're social creatures. And when we feel as if we don't have the funding we need to care for our children, that can be one of the depression, uh, one of the reasons why depression can set in. One of the largest PPD organizations in the world, and we rally with them, they have a statement that says, you are not alone. You know, that's PSI, Postpartum Support International. Isolation puts you in a place where you feel you're not adequate and you do feel alone. You feel sort of set aside in a negative way. And we don't want this because it can, of course, lead to some of the symptoms we know appear in depression. Number three, decreased self-care. Now, when parents don't have adequate child care options, they may struggle to find time for themselves. Those self-care activities, such as exercising, pursuing hobbies, or engaging in any kind of leisure activities, neglecting self-care can also contribute to the feelings of frustration. Instead of getting exhausted from exercising, you just feel exhaustion. It can diminish your overall feelings of well-being. It can increase the risk of depression symptoms. Number four, financial strain. Of course, we all know about financial strain some way or another. If not personally, then maybe someone we're close to. And some parents may be unable to, to work or they may have to reduce their working hours due to the lack of affordable child care options. This can lead to financial difficulties deeper, even deeper in the difficulties of meeting basic needs. Financial insecurity is known, and it is, it's a known risk factor, and it's known to associate with depression in all types of life experiences. It can be exacerbating. It can exacerbate the stress and the anxiety levels, especially during the perinatal and postpartum period. We know that the diagnosis for depression is really underreported there. And so add financial strain to that and problems can develop. Number five, parental guilt. Now, parents who are unable to provide the desired level of care or spend sufficient time with their children due to the lack of child care may experience guilt. They may feel self-blame. We really don't want that. These feelings can negatively impact self-esteem and contribute to more symptoms of depression. It's all, it's all related. 
It all links in together. These five issues that I've just mentioned to you, they're only a few of many. I just wanted to share with you a few items that come to mind when it uh, comes to the relationship between the lack of child care funding and depression and how it can set in with the family, even with the community. Because I believe in your caring nature, you can probably even think of more ways that it could be affecting a family. And that brings us to community awareness. It's important to note that certain specifics can impact a family when the lack of childcare is present. And it's important to know that these things can really cause depression. That's why I wanted to talk to you about it. Of course, everyone is different. Everyone has different circumstances. Everyone has different needs starting with support systems, coping mechanisms, and it can go on and on. We just have to start with awareness. We can't just let it sit and leave it alone. Now, there is, and uh, there, there's overall, there are ways for us as a community to bring about awareness, especially around the unavailability and inadequacy of child care opportunities, because together, we actually can be a significant contributing factor to improving conditions for many individuals. We may feel as if we don't have any power, but we do. So how can we as a community make it possible for more funding for child care? <laughs> well, like I said, we have the power. We have the power to ensure federal child care programs get the critical investments they need. We start by urging our lawmakers to support annual funding for child care by using, we can just start out by using a tool as easy as email, okay? Congress is focusing on annual funding. They have a lot of tough decisions to make about funding, and it's our voices that can chime in. We have a big fight ahead, so don't wait. In here, in this podcast, we're going to talk about emailing your Congress, your member of Congress, and we'll have the information available to you. You want to urge them to support continued investments for childcare. We're going to absolutely provide you with the email link on our website and all of our social media pages. When you click there, that will be one of the first actions you'll be able to take. You know, when we did it, we received a warm greeting from our representative, letting us know that our request was received. So we talked about emailing our lawmakers. What else can we do on a continuous basis to take action? Well, we can make an effort to stay updated on child care legislation. And this is something that every adult can do, not just families with children. With the click of a button and a few moments a month, you can connect with official government websites, legislative tracking services, local news services, and many other resources that cover legislative activities for child care funding. These sources will provide the most accurate and up-to-date information on uh, proposed and enacted legislation related to child care funding in your specific areas. Yes. Absolutely, we know you have a busy lifestyle. But please remember that helping to build resources and legislative support for child care funding 
can make a huge difference. It can bring benefits to many lives and produce a lot of ways to make stress, anxiety, and possibly depression less of an issue in our communities. FASA often shares nonpartisan legislative information, and we invite you to visit our site at fazainc.org. Just search on legislation, and a lot of information will come up for you. But you can also know that we will search out information if you go ahead and put your contact information in our FASA finder and tell us that's what you're looking for. The good news is that each state has legislative priorities surrounding child care funding. While we don't have all of the addresses in one place, you can be assured that your state is focusing on and making requests for the issues that you will be focusing on and making requests. We all just have to get together so that we can have solidarity in what we're doing. For example, the state of Maryland, where FAS is incorporated, there is a data gathering organization called Maryland Family Network. This is where parents, providers, and advocates can get involved and stay up to date on legislation related to young children. Inside that organization is formed a public policy committee that looks at awareness and improvements in investments made to child care funding. So FAS works with other postpartum depression organizations, organizations that look at and work with the prevention of maternal suicide. It all works in with making sure that resources are available so depression doesn't hit so hard. Now, the organization I'm talking about now keeps a list of at least 10 legislative priorities, and they measure and monitor each of them during the year to see which ones deserve higher placement in the list according to specificity and necessity. How do they know what to specifically look for and what's necessary from us, from the community? I'm going to shoot these 10 off really fast. I'm not going to talk about details on them, but number one, child care provider compensation. Number two, child care scholarships. This, these are subsidy programs. Number three, comprehensive services for children and families. Number four, access to child care. Number five, family economic supports. Number six, Maryland's early childhood budget. Number seven, early childhood mental health. Number eight, federal early childhood funding and policies. Number nine, child care for infants and toddlers. Number 10, family child care. Not necessarily in that order that I read them off, but those are the 10 priorities and they shift according to what funds are coming up and what legislative priorities will take place so that your voice can bring about the best results when funding is being applied. Another organization on a national and international level since 1919, that's a long time, is the Century Foundation. This organization conducts research, develops solutions, and affects policy changes to bring awareness to issues that will stem the drop-off in federal child care investment that's 
expected, especially in September 2023. Without congressional action, this will have dire consequences. We have the power to affect congressional actions. The power is in our actions and it's in our voices. We hope uh, lawmakers and organizations know where to put our power. Because we talk about these resources and how they're working in many states, this may lead some to feel complacency or as if everything is taken care of or as if no one's listening. But that's not true because everything is not taken care of and someone is listening. These resources are like tools, and we know no matter how fine a tool is, it can't work until someone works it. True, artificial intelligence is getting very good, but it's not good enough yet, and it won't ever be good enough to replace human kindness and human actions. We individuals in the community have a responsibility to learn more and to communicate more with the decision makers and lawmakers. Now, wait a minute before I get any emails. I'm not downplaying AI technology. That technology makes communicating much easier than it might have been in the past. Still, a regular old letter, a phone call, or an email can do wonders, especially when it's sent to a large number of people and the right people. That's our thing to do. And we can do one, or we can do all three. Number one, we can email our congressional representative to support childcare funding. You can find a link on fazainc.org and on all of our social media pages that will take you to your individual state. Number two, we can get on some mailing lists to stay in the know about childcare funding. And number three, we can get involved with our community about some of the subliminal issues surrounding depression in perinatal and postpartum people. Look in your heart to find ways to make a positive difference. The Foster Finder service is available to help you if you are finding it challenging to locate services in your zip code. So I want to send thanks to all of those who are listening to the audio version of this podcast. If you're driving along, do it safely. And remember, you can tap on live links with Faza on your YouTube podcast channel, and you can enjoy visual information that you can share with others. Subscribe at Faza Inc. and tap the notification bell so that you can stay in the know to support our work broaden the awareness of resources available for mothers, family members, professionals, and the community. We invite your feedback and your questions. We'd like it if you get involved. You can offer volunteer services, or you might want to make a tax-deductible donation. VASA is a 501c3 nonprofit, and your donation goes towards keeping this podcast alive and bringing awareness to maternal mental health. Well, Pfizer fans, that's it for this episode of linking the need for child care funding to the awareness and prevention of depression. Once again, this is Paulette Smith signing off in loving memory of Christina LaShawn Thompson Adams. Bye-bye now.